0: Patrick from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Dane Walker here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johansson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches
0: Panel. Max all normal Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Five from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel, and welcome to another podcast, whether it be via iTunes or Spotify. We appreciate you taking the time. And shooting in for this brand new episode to chat all things Supercoach, Dream Team, AFL Fantasy, Ultimate Footy, and your daily fantasy. i got Rids on the line. Hello, mate. How are
0: you? Hey, mate. Pressure's on. It's only a one-on-one session again. Looking forward to it, man, because i got
1: some big questions that our Patreons have sent our way and you can join the Patreon army at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel and a special thank you to some new premium Patreons that have joined this week in Zach Taylor, Dean and also Craig Dunlop. We appreciate your support. They and others have got involved with some questions. Uh, There is some conversations I want to have about letting people know about some new positions that are going to come for Ultimate Footy. Haven't been announced yet. Haven't been revealed yet, but I want to talk Talk about them in a little bit later on in the episode, but before we get any further, Rids, uh, there is some trade questions I want to get to. There are some players I want to talk about, but right, I guess at the top of the gate is when you get to three rounds into a fantasy footy season. Again, regardless of kind of the format you choose to play in a salary cap perspective, year on year out, there's a guy or, or a couple of guys that just kind of come out of the gate absolutely on fire. Maybe you didn't see them coming, or maybe you're guys that have gone, oh jeez, they've gone even better than any of us have anticipated. I'm curious, mate, right out of the gate, how do you as a fantasy coach, how do we as a fantasy community differentiate between a guy who's just in a rich vein of form that has a timeline end date on it versus a guy who is becoming a real deal premium and is someone we want to get before they price themselves out of the market.
0: So it's a little bit more difficult this year with those new rules that have been you know, introduced. Yeah. So we don't have the data against the new rules from years gone by. But what we do have is we have general trends. Okay. So what we can look at is, let's look at a Lockie Whitfield. Okay? Sure. Cause I'm sure he's probably the guy on the top of the list at the moment. Yeah. So he's currently going at 130 across the formats. Is that that's about right, isn't it?
1: Ballpark, yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, let's let's just focus on DT and AFL fantasy. The last guy to go over 130 in a season, and I'm talking for the full season, would have been James Swan. Now yeah. I, I know Tom Mitchell made 129 last year, averaged, and then 127 the year before, but I can't remember anyone else going over 100. Rocky maybe. Oh, uh, well, yeah, Rocklift, potentially, yeah. So there was two guys, okay, but they had absolute massive years of sure. 35 disposal. They were always in the cold phase. They, the ball goes to them all the time. Yep. Right, you know, can an outside-type player average 130 or better? Now, I'm trying to think through the, you know, the last few years, Sam Doherty had a really big, massive year as an outside player. What was he, 117 two years ago? Yeah,
1: it's high, high one teens, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah
0: so um, I'm just trying to think of someone else who might come right. Like,
1: well, well, some other guys that are, I guess maybe sit into this category of, you know, really big scores, um, that whether or not they're out of the blue or not. Maybe we could say someone like a Heath Shaw back in 2015, you know, went on that, kind of tear and was enormous for fantasy coaches last year Jackson McRae started strong and then just kept going but it had never really been the big monster premium I guess that's exactly. the question isn't it how do you know because both those guys after about round six or seven when it's like oh my gosh this is legit they're almost too far priced out in terms of you're now paying for them at an average that is not sustainable and if it is it's going to cost you four trades to get to them and a crapload of cash.
0: Yeah, that's where you've got to start justifying it. But at the end of the day over all those years of data, you know, there hasn't been a guy like having, like a Lockie Whitfield type player that's gone 130 over, you know, in a season. So, realistically, what? What are we expecting him to go as his breakout best season ever? 110? Yep. 115? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's at some stage, he's going to have to score quite a bit less to get to that average, okay? Mm. And it's going to be over a couple of periods, like a period of a month or something. We saw, remember two years ago, we saw Rory Sloan come out and absolutely smash it! Like he was averaging a hundred and forty. Yeah, after like the first about, five weeks, yeah. Yeah, five or six weeks, and then what we saw was teams. We thought he was untaggable at the time too, because of his mm. work rate and everything else. But teams worked him out, and then suddenly he became taggable, and he he ended up fading big time. You know, yeah. And we see this every year, so we see like guys like Jack Crisp, okay, yeah, for Collingwood come out and absolutely have a barnstorming starts of the season, and then just fade away to nothing. Like, you know, he Jack went what was 140 the week before against Richmond, and then 40 last week. So that's a perfect example, like, of the fluctuations that mm. these guys like don't see that ball like in the role that they have. So, I mean, at the end of the day with the Whitfield, I'm, I'm pretty much like, I'm pretty much sure that this is just a rich reign of form at this moment. Right. And that at some stage, teams are going to go, you know what, we can't allow this guy to run around and have 30-plus disposals every week because his disposals do hurt. Yeah, and it's
1: unlike other players in the Giants midfield, um, which is certainly not an understatement because they got some real class. But he's probably the most damaging player right now, given that Kelly's still coming back to full fitness. He's the most damaging midfielder, and, and you're right. You look at the upcoming weeks, you know, for for GWS this week a match-up against Geelong. They're really difficult to get a lot of outside easy ball on. The midfielders are scoring well, but in terms of plenty of freewheeling marks, they've really shut down opposition sides thus far into the season. Again, only three games of data. They've done it. Fremantle, they're at home. But you'd probably think that maybe a Banfield or a Conker, who's probably more likely, we saw him doing a tagging role...
0: I think Darcy Tucker this year's been playing that role yeah, as well. Yeah, Tucker's done a so, good job. I mean, they do have options. They do have options. Yeah, then you so, get into... A... I mean, yeah, I was just going to say something with Whitfield. Yeah. Like, I actually think, like, you look at an Andrew Gaff, okay? Yeah, sure. a lot of disposals on the outside. But a lot of his stuff is little chips sideways or, you know, down the ground. You see a lot of those 15, 20 yeah, meter sure. chips. I, with Whitfield, he really does... He, he does, he's that type of player that's a 70-meter player. Isn't yeah, that's he? right. He, he sort of runs with the ball and then he sort of delivers it long. And that's one of the things that I was sort of going to say. Like, I, I think it's got to come down to, like, some teams will end up going next time they play West Coast. Will Hutchins go to Canilio, or will it end up at Whitfield? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so it may end up, swap it around a little bit. And we saw that a couple of years ago, you know, Ben Jacobs went to a caution one week and then Dustin Martin the next. Like, so it does happen. They do. They do tend to swap and change when that happens like that. So yeah, sorry to cut you off about the other draw. No, but no. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that people understood that whilst it is possible that he continues to go around getting 30 plus every week and doing what he's doing. I, I don't, Dick is highly likely because teams are going to have to try and shut him down as one of the areas and one of the main areas to beat GWS.
1: So at the moment, we're talking about Lockie Whitfield. There are some other players that I do want to get your thoughts on in a similar vein. But while we're talking about Lockie, at average of 134.7 in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. In those formats, in AFL Fantasy, he's got a break-even this week of 69 In Dream Team, he's got a break-even of 44, while in Super Coach, he's got an average of 126.7 and a break-even of 60. Again, barring something drastically happened, he's probably not just going to match, get that, but he's going to shoot past that by about 50, you know, 50 points off the break-even. So is he the kind of guy that, if you are to get him, is it this week, and then if not, you've got to wait for that price to dip, or is it no, there are still better value options around that you should be pursuing other than Lockie Whitfield right now.
0: Well, if I said to you at the start of the year, would you be... Okay, and I'm only talking about three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, if you could get Rory Laird cheaper than Lockie Whitfield in defense, what would you say to me?
1: I'd say, where the heck do I need to go to make that happen?
0: And wouldn't... I, I'd expect that, like, at the start of the year I'm talking about, not now because everyone's influenced about what happened sure. last week. start of the year, 80%, I reckon, of a poll who's going to average more out of those two would have went for lead. Oh, if not more,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, so at this, end, at this point in time, let's be realistic, okay? Don't go chasing those points. They're gone. Yes, he's going to go up in value another 30,000 this week, yeah. and potentially over the next couple of weeks. But it's only going to be until that one hundred and sixty-nine drops out of his three-week average. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that happens, he may even come down, averaging one hundred and twenty. <laughs> so yeah. this is where that magic number we were talking about last week comes into play. A lot of players are going to be gaining a lot of money coming up. You know, you look at the Libertores, the Walshs, the Constables, the you know, uh, Dersmer's, Rosies, Dersmer's Crouch, Rosies. Like there's a lot of coin to be generated. Yeah. So this is where the it really levels out nicely. So even if you pay what you're paying 760 this week, I believe for it,
1: depending on like the that, format, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to drop, you know, peak out much more than 800, 820.
1: Yeah, so, AFL I mean, Fantasy is the one he'll crush past 800,000 this week.
0: Yeah, well, AFL Fantasy again, we, we're just not quite sure the way you know that they peak out like so at this stage it looks like the break evens are always maintainable for these guys. Yeah. So, in AFL Fantasy, I would be suggested jump on the best of the best now. Yeah. Okay, before they go blowing out everywhere, but in the other two formats, super coach and DT, I don't think this form is sustainable. I, I'm going against what's happened in the past. Okay, the best defender I can remember was 117 by Doherty. I keep saying 117; it might even be a little bit less than that. Yeah. but let's say 110 plus. Was Doherty last time I saw that? Yeah,
1: it's Doherty, it's Laird, it's Lloyd. Now, you you know, these are the big ones.
0: If you told me at the start of the year Jake Lloyd would average 120 for the year, (laughs) I would look at last year, okay, and I'd go 107 with the new rules. There is a little bit of scope for a few kick ins and play ons. You you see what I'm saying? It is feasible. But it's highly unlikely. Yeah. So again, like Lloyd is, I think Lloyd is more, yeah, you know, more possible, likely to
1: maintain, more
0: likely to maintain that average than what we feel it is currently.
1: Fair enough. And, and what you're also highlighting is if you are looking to bring in a quote unquote premium defender this week, for whatever reason, again, maybe you're looking at moving on uh, a injured premium midfielder or a suspended premium midfielder and you're trying to strengthen up your back line. What I'm hearing you say from your perspective is there's a little bit of value in lead, and I th- also think based on the way he ended the game last year and what I know about the Crows opening next four weeks is his fixture looks pretty tasty too.
0: Well, I'm not just highlighting lead. I was just highlighting lead because he's now just dropped under the price tag of... Um, of
1: Whitfield. Whitfield and
0: Lloyd, yeah. Okay, you. but what I want to do is I want to highlight that, Okay. Now, whilst we're thinking about doing that sort of stuff, what we haven't done is we haven't talked about the guys who are benefiting massively and are, po- like, really, they're right in the ballpark of being potential top six defenders for mm. the year, and they would have come out of nowhere. And I'm talking guys like Tom Stewart. Yep. I'm talking guys like Dan Rich. Yeah. Jamie McMillan. Yes. Christian Salem. Yeah. Wayne Malera. Matt yep. Sucklin, yep. all of these guys have benefited from that kick-in in. Kick rule. Okay? And they're all in the 90s at the moment. Is that sustainable for these guys? Unlikely at this stage, but who knows with a Malera or a Salem. Yeah. So if I'm saying, okay, to you that I think Lead represents at his current price tag better value than what Whitfield does at 30000 less than Whitfield... Mm. Then what would I be saying about Wayne Malera, who's averaging mid low mid to low ninety,
1: and he's a hundred thousand cheaper than that again?
0: Well, he's two hundred
1: thousand. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: it makes you know, sense. What
0: am I going to be saying about a Daniel Rich who's two hundred thousand cheaper? And Brisbane have got possibly the best, like, fantasy friendly draw for the year. Yeah. So you know,
1: is that where we as a fantasy community sometimes feel a little bit more comfortable with a name rather than the scoring? Is that where we start to trip ourselves up at that point of time?
0: Well, I think at the moment, okay, we've become really sheep-like mentality, like where we seem to hype on one or two guys, whether they're going well or not going well, and then it becomes, oh, we must get this guy in straight away. Whereas it's like, well, is it sustainable? Where's your better value? If you up, if you, where, where, can you spend two hundred thousand extra in another position that could get you the same points, you know, combined mm. as spending it for the one.
1: Yeah,
2: I gotcha.
0: Like, you've got to start looking at that team, like, and then I'm not saying that Wayne Malera might be the type of guy that you want to keep for the year, okay? But whilst Adelaide's got a good run, and or, and I, let's throw in Tom Lynch, let's throw in. I don't know. Tex Walker, who's probably really cheap at the moment. Um, Brad Crouch, I mentioned him last week. You did. Like, if I'm saying Adelaide's got a good month ahead for fantasy football, like all of these guys benefit from it. Mm. You know, so.
1: Don't just lock on the one, yes.
0: Well, do I jump on one of these guys, use him as my F6 or D6 for the time being, and then when the time comes. Then do I jump from him to a Whitfield, or him to a Laird, or him to a one of the bigger name guys? Because. Truth be told there's not a hell of a lot of cash cows coming through at the
1: moment. Well that's a really interesting thing isn't it. It's going to be we got this massive onslaught of cash cows all at the start of the year. We got all the Port Adelaide ones, we got all of the Geelong ones. You could build a case there there's a couple of Fremantle guys, maybe the odd saint that that's going to drip feed in potentially if some sides that were in finals calculations as they get to kind of round 6 to 8 may start to look to give kids an opportunity. I'm talking about sides that haven't started the way that anticipated, such as Melbourne, Adelaide, you could probably throw Richmond um, in that. All still very capable of playing finals, but as the year goes on, if luck and and form doesn't change, then we may get some. But you bring this interesting point where at round four, and normally at this point of the year already, we're starting to be able to clearly identify cash cows that debuted in round three or cash cows that debuted in round two, and go all right. I know I'll be able to jump from this player that I've currently got. He'll get close to his max out price. I'll be able to quickly pivot over here. That'll help me with it. We can start to kind of picture that. And maybe Sydney Stack last week from Richmond is one that could do that for us, potentially. Sure, let's have that conversation. But it is a very interesting point. where you're, I'm looking on the horizons of cash cows, and our Patreons will know there's a huge do- document we re- released to them. Over 50 cash cows we analysed there's not many cows left coming out to pasture.
0: Well, Sydney Stack's an interesting one, okay, because he's come from nowhere. Yeah. Okay, so how long does he maintain that role? He's currently playing a role that's been held by Hooley yep. for the last five years or so. So, I mean, does does his impact get limited by Hooley? Mm. How does it impact when Jaden Short comes back, you know? like Because, I mean, he would have been the beneficiary last week of Jaden Short injury 100%. in the first five minutes. So Richmond's an intriguing one because there's a, quite a few injuries there to the point where we might see a few debutants. Yeah, but we're going to have to be very cautious with those guys because they may be out of the team when some of the bigger names come in back. You know, because yes. you're not going to play a Jack Ross over a Trent Cotchin in three weeks. No, of course not. So I mean, that's where the interesting part will be. Like, how do the Tigers? Deal with the kids? Do they just go for youth in the next couple of weeks? How do they maintain that, you know? Uh, Melbourne is an interesting one. Now, if Lockhart is the obvious guy, but, I mean, he's playing a small pressure forward role. We're seeing Actons and Gibbons playing. He might score 21 week and 50 the next. And we highlighted this in the preseason, okay? That's not exactly the role you want. Yeah. You know, so... But then we've got guys like Rosie, okay, who've come out and absolutely had a blinder on the weekend.
1: Playing a small forward role, yeah.
0: 300,000. So if you're going to go a rookie that's not playing to, uh, let's say, a Schultz, okay, who we were big on a couple of weeks ago, like, because AFL fantasy, he was the best buy-in for that week. He had the minus something. So. And that's how you've got to play AFL Fantasy is jump in on those big break even. So like, let's go with Schultz to a Rosie. You're paying a lot of money, a yeah. lot of money to get that. And it's like, well, okay, what happens if Rosie comes out and scores a 25 this week? Mm. Let's just say hypothetically, okay, Dylan Grimes comes back, you know, close to an all-Australian backman. Sure. And goes and plays lockdown on a kid playing his fourth game of football. Mm. I don't expect to like. I mean he's very classy and everything else but I don't expect him to go well you know it'll be a learning curve type scenario because it's happened to many of this so I mean you just don't know what happens the week after like we've called it what was it a roulette a lottery last week with the rookies to a degree it is a bit you know so I mean you can get 100 one week 20 the next we only have to look at Bailey Scott yeah you know, he sort of scored a hundred week one, and it hasn't been seen for two weeks. Uh,
1: so, so do we need to start? Uh, you know, and again, every format requires a different strategy. But the traditional way a coach would uh, approach a year, especially in Dream Team and SuperCoach, should be get a cash cow on the bubble week before their third round and the price cycle kicking over run them for another four, maybe five games of, of price increases, potentially, you know, depending on how it goes. Do we need to start looking a little bit more creative in how we generate cash to get to our completed side quicker? Do guys with great break-evens, and you can go and check them out now, who's got the best break-evens across all formats are over at coachespanel.tv. Do we need to go and look at guys that who have already had you know, a a price cycle jump, but have still got plenty of cash to be able to burn. I'm even talking about guys like Tom Liberatore, you know, who's a little bit more expensive. Do we need to start looking at him? Do we need to look at guys like a Rosie, even though they've had a price cycle jump? Do we need to look at, um, gosh, a Myers, you know, who's now had a couple of nice 60s and 70s a row? Is that how we need to start looking to approach it and almost... Yeah, I know I've missed one price cycle jump, but it's okay, I need to find other ways because we may not get those basement cows as frequently as we'd liked based on previous
0: seasons. What we should do is we put AFL Fantasy in its own little basket. Of course. Okay? So these questions have to be asked about super Coach and for Dream Team. So let's just put AFL and market yeah, yeah. over there for the time being um, Fantasy, okay? So for these two, though... I think you have to start looking at all options. Mm. Once upon a time, it used to be one downgrade to one upgrade, yeah. but at the moment, I'm just not seeing a the options coming through to downgrade too, and b the top guys just aren't falling the dollars like that we would have expected. You know, mm. so McRae's come out and gone 120s. You know, yeah. So I mean, he's only going to drop that 20 or 30 grand. Grundy's come out and after a disappointing week one has gone bang, bang with yep. 120, 120. Yep. Whitfield has gone off his head to start the Devin's season.
1: Devon's been, a you know, it's Devon and Led really, isn't it? In in Supercoach and Dream Team right. that have been a little bit behind the pace.
0: Yeah, but even with Devon Smith, like, I mean, there were signs on the weekend his tackling's back. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's, if you're watching the game and, again, you need to watch the game. Yep. Like, you can see little signs. Laird, Decay, yeah, he scored an 85 or whatever in Dream Team, but the fact of the matter was he scored 40 points in the second quarter. Yeah. Just to highlight the fact, hey, I'm still around, it's just that the ball hasn't hit me in the first, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where you go, okay, what's going on here? And the weird thing about McRae's game on the weekend, Decay, was he only had a 10-point first quarter.
1: Yeah, I think he was under forty before halftime. It was it was pretty much a ninety-point second half.
0: You know, so it says to me that it that was in a losing effort as well. Yeah, you, didn't, yeah, like they lost to the Suns. Like, so, but he still found the ball and found the man enough to, you know, to get to that score. Like, so I'm sort of like now starting to think: look, we don't have the opportunity of going one down to one up. It's almost one and a half down, you know, to get to that one up.
1: Yeah, it's almost three trades now, isn't it?
0: So, well, oh, let's say two and a half. Sure. So if you're going to make 10 upgrades for the year to complete your side, let's call that 25 trades. Yep. Of course you can pinch off a Tom Lynch as your F6 or a Nick Newman type as your D six, okay, and it might be one down or one up, yeah. but I can guarantee you now you haven't started every single top dollar player. Yeah, so to get even a Walsh in three weeks to a McRae is still going to almost cost you two down road. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a real tricky one. So and then on top of that, okay, we're seeing the rankings. I've never seen this before, MJ. Like there is a real blanket over about 3,000 teams. And I'm talking for the first three weeks, only five or 550 points covers the top 3,000 teams in Dream Team. Mm. I've never seen that before. Like There's just so much knowledge out there, but everyone seems to have started the season well. So it doesn't matter if you've started pure mids, pure defenders, yep. pure forwards everyone seems to have gone very, very respectable. And so what that highlights is the fact what we were talking about last week with Heaney yep. and Dunkley is these guys aren't going terrible, <laughs> yeah, but they're slightly underperforming from what our expectation was. And so we suddenly highlight these guys, don't we? And we go, oh, do we need to trade them out? Do we need to go Zach Merritt down to do this and do that? In essence, we don't need to do any of that. Mm. But we're looking for things now because we're thinking 2500 ranking is a terrible ranking, even though, in essence, you're only 500 points off the leader. So
1: uh, how far away, and I know every format is is different, how many points away right now should you be feeling like, okay, maybe you've had a slow start. I know you said a lot of coaches had a, a ripping start. Maybe they've nailed the Lloyd and the Whitfield and the Kellys and the Cripps and the Bokes and the McRays and, you know, the Bontempeleys for Supercoach, for example. If you're still, you know, within 500 or 1,000 points of the overall leader right now, are you starting to get a little bit, oh, man, I'm going to have to go a little bit left to center here to make up ground? Or are you still going, no, 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 keep to the strategy, pick the right cows, nail the execution of the timing? Is, is it a cause for concern if you've started off pace a little bit? Or no, is it keep so. the course? Okay.
0: No, I don't think so at all. I think the dust is going to settle later this year in comparison to years gone by. So we always used to say, well, you don't really look at any of the rankings until about round four to five. Yeah, sure. Radio. Yeah, and then it's all that gives you a general idea of where you're at. Mm-hmm. This year, though, it's it's out of the ordinary. Like this year has been really, really random. So if you own a Rockcliffe, like in Dream Team and mm. topped forty last week, then suddenly you're fifty points off the pace. Yeah, you know, and that's actually. Really, really massive in regards to the rankings overall season. Yeah. So I think this year we, we're almost going to be waiting until the buys, right. until the dust settles. And I'm actually thinking, on top of that, buy strategy this year is going to be more important than any other year so far because those two big rucks around 13 buys.
1: It is also the added um, element of no teams have finish their buy as we enter into the multi-buy round which we've become accustomed to over the past couple of years there will be no Gold Coast or Port Adelaide players that we can you know run through that three-week period of time correct. making that first buy week especially um, and those really those first two really difficult for coaches to navigate as we enter in.
0: Spot on mate 100% correct and so what we've got now because we've got a six-six-six like through the buy round so it's like we're going to have to find, like, let's say in round 13, we're going to have to find 18 scorers, just 18 scorers out of 20 positions because of those two rucks. Now, yes, of course, we might have a Zach Clark or a um, what's-his-name O'Brien or whatever, but that's going to be luck. You know what I mean? That's going to be luck that they play.
1: And it's going to be 40 or 50 points. It's not going to be anything that saves you bacon.
0: Mate, and I am to tell you now, if you've got 18 on the field and you've got Gibbons and a couple of other guys on there at the same point in time, because everyone's going to have a Lloyd in the back line. So let's remove him straight away. I'm looking at a Witherden. who's very, very popularly owned at the moment. Mm -hmm. He's also got the same bite. Let's look in the midfield. You've got the Melbourne boys. Okay? You've got the Geelong factor. You've got Collingwood factor. You've also got guys like Lockie Neal. Yeah. So if you're sitting there, okay, and you think, oh, bugger, I've had, I started Trelaw and I started Brayshaw or Oliver. And Neal. I, I really think Lockie Neal's going to be the number one scorer for the year in this format. Yeah. How do you bring him in if you've got Grundy and Brayshaw? Because they're your three bench already in the midfield. And we're not even looking at Constable or Atkins. Or any of those guys, you know? Yeah,
1: and then you add, like you said, that forward line. You're going to have Dangerfield. Tim Kelly looks like he's right in the mix. Dalhouse, Managola, yeah. Heaney. Um, you're going to be in a bit of trouble in round 13 again. Vardy. Yeah, Vardy. Can there. people
0: say no to Buddy at 400,000 in a few weeks? Yeah. No, you can't. You see, like, I mean, it's just got to that stage now where you're all sitting there and you're going... Round thirteen, I, I'm predicting the okay, mate. If people don't and I'm not saying don't get the best go players Grundy and yeah. Gorn or get the best players or anything, but you have to manage it. Okay, you have to manage around that buy round. Because the last thing you want is to get five hundred points ahead of the pack.
1: And, and lose it in 500 one
0: 500 points lost less yeah. of the pack that round.
1: So, so I'm curious. You know, we're we're three rounds in. We've got you know some level of data. That's how reliable it is. Longer term, look, hindsight's going to be the great thing. You're right. You're talking about guys like a Delocky Neal, who's you know the past two years has been an absolute super coach beast. I'm um, having a r- even better year at Brisbane. Dream team in fantasy, you know he's been that solid 100 guy with a bit of a ceiling every now and then. We saw it in round one the past two weeks, he's gone nuts. Where is the point in time for us as a fantasy coach? We're three weeks in, while we don't want to have a, a three-week period be the hijacker of getting the best player. When do we need to start re-amending what our st- kind of starter season upgrade and downgrade plans may have been? Using someone like a Lockie Neal, who you could probably say, You know, like in Supercoach, we talked about Whitfield across the formats, but you could probably say Neil's like that in Supercoach of, is he on a tear? Should we get him now before he goes big? You could probably put him in that conversation too, but if you don't have him in Supercoach right now, do (laughs) you go... Yeah.
0: The difference with Lockie Neal, mate, is he's gone to a new team, okay? Yeah. So we're not seeing those prolonged stints up forward anymore. Sure. We always knew Lockie Neal was a Supercoach beast. Yeah. We've seen him go 110-plus in Dream Team. We've seen him go massive in Supercoach, okay? We know his ceiling's through the roof. Mm. So, but we also know he's got a guy called Zorko in his team mm. who might be easily taggable and actually affects the outcome a lot more against Brisbane mm. than what tagging Neil would be. But again, there's going to become a point in time, okay, with Neil... Does he get the attention over Zorko? Yeah. So this is why it's important to watch the games and make sure the draws match up, you know, and see who's doing it. Right now, I think there's the ball for GWS, yep. who seems to be tagging.
1: And and, and really hurting too.
0: He's he's tagging that inside bull at the moment. So
1: he's heading to Dangerfield in your eyes this week?
0: Oh, has to, doesn't he? Yeah. Has to. So, I don't see any reason why he goes anywhere else. Yeah. Unless Dangerfield goes forward and then obviously he takes the next guy. Yeah. Now, we saw that on the weekend with Richmond. He was going to Dusty Martin when he was in the midfield and then bouncing over to Cochin mm. when Dusty Martin went forward. So it was a double, double edged sword. Okay. So, he's one guy. Hutchins is another guy that seems to lock down and shut out a guy every week at the mm-hmm. moment. What we're not seeing is guys like Harms and Hewitt. Yeah. actually impacted, which is really nuts because Hewitt kept, like, Crips last year. To in barely To, like, 57, and yet we saw him not go anywhere near Crips this week. Yeah. So I, I don't – it's just one of those things where it's like the philosophy of the coach at the moment. we see Greenwood go and tag one week and do nothing the week after. Yeah. So, so, so I just don't know the answer, mate, at the moment with that. But the fact of the matter is with Neil we know he's capable of going on these massive, massive runs.
1: Yeah, right. So as a fantasy coach, as we now see these guys having massive runs, these guys scoring, is now the time before, you know, generally in in Dream Team and Supercoach, you've probably not made enough cash generation um, to be able to start doing a a pure new upgrade. You may be still doing a a fixing trade. You may still be doing some massaging. But in terms of a pure, quote-unquote, cash cow downgrade, cash cow or mid-pricer upgrade whatever it is is now the time we should start reamending our plans of where we were targeting to bring in players? Now that we see some guys that we've seen them drop away with some really high break-evens, you've mentioned a Buddy Franklin, you've mentioned a, a Rory Laird, uh, for example, through there of a guy who's a little bit under what we'd expected. Is this the week we should be going, OK, I've got three weeks of data, I need to re-amend my plans, remap out what between now and round 12 looks like with the first of the multi-buy rounds, or do we still need another week or two before we can kind of look to change what was the initial trajectory we may have set out heading into the season?
0: Okay, so I think with a guy like Led, who's got a break-even of 150 across the formats this week, yeah. you've got another opportunity to sit and watch. Sure. If you're not on him already. Yeah. With a buddy, if you're not on him, you've got another week to sit and watch. Yeah. But with a guy like um Let's say who's who's got something that's reasonably decent. A Devon
1: um, Smith, for example. Okay,
0: let's say Devon Smith, who's not been outstanding by any means, but he's still scored a 90 and a 100 in his last two. So someone like a Devin Smith, okay, you need to make that call this week or the next week and then work out when you're going to bring him in. If you're not bringing him in this week or next week, his buy round's the first buy round. hmm so you're not bringing him in with enough games to actually justify to that buy round. Yeah, gotcha. So if you've got someone else who is equally as important to you, Tim Kelly, with a later buy round, you're getting one game extra out of Tim Kelly in that section of games than what you are with Devin Smith. Okay, so mm. it'd be much... If you think Smith's going to average 100 and let's say Tim Kelly 90... At 10 points a loss per game, and there's only seven games, that's only 70 points. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. still 20 points better off by having Tim Kelly and then bringing in Devin Smith after his buy. Yeah, I like that. So that's where you've got to start actually really getting close because we're only at week three, week four now, but there's no cash being generated yet. Yeah. So we can't go down and up at the moment. So we're sort of like we're looking at sideways and just making little bits and pieces, trades at the moment to fix up structural issues that we started with or making sure we grab certain key players. Mm. And it's an interesting one with Grundy this week. Do we jump on Grundy, don't we? Like, that's an interesting one because he's got a very good matchup. Yeah. So, but do you keep the faith with what you've already worked out? If Is it a Jared Witt? Is it a Nick Kervis, okay? Mm. And you are looking at moving them to Grundy through the buys. At the moment, they're only 20, 30 points behind Grundy for the year. So I think it's way too early to be jumping now. Mm. Different if you had Sam Jacobs. Sure. You know, where, and that's what we were talking about last week. Bringing in a R3 might have been the better option because if you had Riley O'Brien on the field in Supercoach instead of bringing in a Grundy with a trade and costing you 300000 yeah. you know, it's only a few points. It's only 30, 40 points different.
1: That's right.
0: And so that's where it gets interested and stuff. And it's not going to happen like that every week. But, you know, some weeks you do need to get that luck factor. Yep. So, yeah, so long story short, you've got to back your gut and you've got to watch your, the games. You've got to highlight the fact of when someone's going to go on a run, not when someone's in a run.
1: Yeah, you want to set the trend in that regards and not react to well, a trend.
0: Well, what I said the other day in our chat, you want to jump ahead of the sheep.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you want to be the shepherd. There you, go. you want to know where you're going, have that player there before the sheep come charging in afterwards.
1: Okay, so maybe we're giving away too much. Is there a shepherd player that you can see right now that you go, I reckon based on a mixture of role, a mixture of fixture, a mixture of maybe opportunities – Is there a shepherd type player that you think could be the right one? Again, it's speculative, it's predictive. No one knows what the future. But is there a type of player you go? I think he could be the guy that sets a trend.
0: Yeah, Tom Lynch for Adelaide. All right, there you go. All right, there you go. And again, like I've given away too much because, like, I'm in cash leagues and everything else. But I will be bringing in Tom Lynch as my F four if teams go right this week. And that's the variable, isn't it? That's it. You've got to wait for teams because at the moment, they're very unpredictable.
1: Yes. No, just starts. lucky Lockie Schultz owners. They'd be able to tell you about that. Hey, man, love some of your thoughts. Want to get to some of the Patreon questions. And again, if you want to join the Patreon army, you can do that at any tier you choose to at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. Uh, first question we've got in for you, Rids. I want to kick it over to you. It's from Stephen in AFL Fantasy. He's talking rookie defenders. He's got Dersma, Scrimshaw, and Clark. Uh, he wants to know... Is it too late in AFL fantasy to go after Connor Rosie?
0: I don't think it's ever too late to go after someone because at the moment so, he's priced
1: at three eighty-five with a <clears throat> break-even of negative fourteen in AFL fantasy.
0: Yeah, so the key is the negative fourteen. So I don't think so. No, I think he's definitely. But again, I'd prefer to bring someone that's not performing or performing at a level. Down to a Rosie, then going up from a whore or someone like that, you know, and spending the money. Yeah, yeah. So I want to try and use that money in leverage elsewhere.
1: So you're talking someone like uh, uh, maybe a Jordan Ridley or a Cade Simpson
0: or a, uh, this yeah, sort of option. Let's say Brody Smith. Sure. Yeah,
1: Brody, Zach like Williams like or, yeah.
0: I Zach get Williams, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah maybe not a superculture. Yeah, in... Yeah, but this is where you can do a little bit funky in AFL fantasy. Let's say, but again, you've got to be careful because you really have to play that break-even game in AFL fantasy yeah. compared to the other games. Yeah. So one of these guys might actually have a very feasible, like a twenty or thirty break-even at a friendly matchup where they might score a hundred. Yeah. So you still need Rosie to score sixty to match the difference. Yeah, that's right. So
1: that's where you've got to be careful. Yep. No, I like it, man. Uh, new premium Patreon, Craig, wants to know, is Rowan Marshall the real deal or will Longer come back into the side and slow his scoring? He wants to know, in Supercoach, is he worth going after? Uh, and in Supercoach, he's certainly come out of the gate swinging. Make no mistake about that in his couple of games that he's played. Um, is he the real deal or is this just he's had a nice couple of matchups?
0: No, I think he's the real deal. So he's actually a real good footballer. The only thing is, is I've always seen him as a better forward than a ruck. Right. But the problem that they got at the moment is that they, they've got their forward line functioning okay. Yeah. Like with the memory and the Bruce and everything else. But what happens is if someone like a Bruce goes down injured, does he then become a more permanent forward that rucks? You know, so mm. you just got to watch that a little bit. Yeah no but at I'm the moment saying. I think he's it's his rock spot to lose but I don't see them having any other options as forwards coming in if there is an injury or something.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough too. Shannon wants to know, uh, he's talking specifically about guys that are likely to play, but have some question marks about whether or not they're going to make it. He highlights Tim Kelly and Rockliffe. I suppose Fife, you could probably say at time of recording, I, I haven't heard Freeman say he's 100% not playing. He seems unlikely more than the other two. Um, do you, tr- I guess, do you trade out guys that have a risk of being late outs Or do you just keep the faith, build around them, and hope that your cash cow doesn't have to cover for you?
0: Well, I wouldn't be trading Tim Kelly in any circumstance, okay? Yeah. So Tim Kelly's looking like he's going to go reasonably well no matter what. Yes. Okay, so he also had a bit of a, what was it, Um, a knee injury. I think it was uh, was definitely leg-related. Ankle. But um, Ankle, was it? So, yeah, so, I mean, he's got nothing to do with concussion and going through tests and, sure. you know, pull it up. So what we do have over the last couple of years is we have seen differences on how people react after being concussed. Yes. So some of them have a really bad patch like Eric Brayshaw did, a Zach Merritt did. You know, other guys come out the week after and just look like they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, we've seen that with Joel Selwood a couple yeah, of times. Every and,
1: game he plays, yes.
0: You know, like so, we just don't know how they deal with it because it looks like it's an individual case at this point in time, from individual to individual. So, yeah, we I just don't know the answer to the Rockcliffs and the um, Fife situation. Fife looked like
1: it Fife- looked horrible.
0: It looks yeah, horrible. I'm not going to lie. That to me, I think it's. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not. On the no, 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 the no. Well, you're I not don't in the club. Know the no. Guy, but I saw what he looked like after that contest, and if that's not a absolute stand-up case for missing the next game, at the very least and letting his brain settle a little bit. I don't know what is.
1: So on Fife, for example, you know, talking about Supercoach, he's relevant in all formats, but Supercoach is the one that he's certainly got the greatest history. Is he the kind of player that you would maybe look at going, gosh, here's my chance to get a Lockie Neal when he's in ripping form, and with that poor score of Fife sitting in that three-price cycle now, do you go, I'll get Neil now, or I'll go and get a Pelly now. Um, I'll go and get, you know, maybe you've got a Lloyd or a McRae or something like that that you want to get, or Boke even. You know, is coming out of the gate hot, you know, in Supercoach. Is that the kind of trade you'd also look as a cash option where you're like, I'll get a guy before he goes up too much and I'll get Fife when he bottoms out in two, three weeks' time?
0: Well, I would be definitely looking at that as a strategy because, as I said before, I don't think the cash cows are coming through yeah. like expected. So a five, let's say he misses this week. Sure. Okay. So what's that? Round five, there's only seven games left until, you know, he's by. He drops down, drops. Let's say he has a couple of games before he gets back to normal. Yep. He might boss him out by, around his bye. So then you can bring him in after his bye. He should be fine again.
1: Well, at the moment, you know, so, if you're doing the five to Neil, for example, Neil's about 40 k more expensive. But he's also got a break-even of sixty-three. Fife's got a break-even of hundred and sixty-nine.
0: But again, like it's irrelevant the break-evens unless you're going to trade them again. Correct. Okay, so it's only when you're purchasing or trading the player that the break-evens and the price tags are relevant. Yes. And people seem to lose sight of that all the time, and they start getting worried. AFL fantasy is different because we're saying you've got to play that break-even game at times. Yes. Okay, to generate the cash. So a five, if he was 160 this week in AFL fantasy, I'm not saying he is, but if he was, I'd definitely be looking at going to a guy, you know, at a 50-40 type break even with the same amount of potential for score. Yeah. So I'm trying not to lose much of my score factor. At the end of the day, though, you need to be still focused on your scoring. So if I said I had Constable sitting on the bench at M9. Yeah. And five, okay, or a Rockliffe, and Let's say both of those guys are out to Kane sure. this week. I would, I would not hesitate to trade to the best defender or forward I can get and bring Constable on for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, would you even do that with a Bailey Scott?
0: Uh, probably not, because we've seen too much. Like he's, yeah, he's a great kid. He's going to be a great player, but I just we're already seeing signs of him fatigue in, like. So yeah, I'm just not quite right. the subject's not right there, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, fair enough to I right, appreciate your thoughts. Clint wants to know, it's for Dream Team and AFL fantasy. Uh talking about Seb Ross, do we see any resurrection potential in him? Or is he crossed that line from back in your primos through to the admit your mistake and make the change? He rode the Billings ride last year. I, I guess Clint seems to be a little bit apprehensive of what do I do with Sebros? Do I get off this train now before it kind of derails or yeah. do I need to keep the faith just those two, three, four weeks longer?
0: No, nah, there's there's a point in time you've got to jump off. And now's you it. You can't keep you can't ride a guy that you've paid seven hundred and fifty thousand for down to five hundred thousand. Otherwise yeah. you're doing what you did with Hannibury a couple of years ago. Yeah. There's gotta be a cut off point at some stage. Now, if you've watched the game and you see Seb Ross playing in the right position, by all means, stick with him. Yeah. But what I saw on the weekend was Seb Ross getting targeted and then going into the defensive-like areas at certain points of the game to play a terrible role. I don't know what Alan Richardson's doing, okay, with <laughs> Seb Ross, but he is killing this guy. Like, this guy last year went on a massive tear on the last you know, six to ten games for the season, going at 120 plus, and he's got a massive ceiling. And you know what? St Kilda's a much better team when he's on. With yeah, with him playing football. So I don't know why the coach would want him to go and marshal the troops down back when there's a run on. So I, I just yeah, I'd be jumping ship, mate. No. The point in time, okay, is the ownership numbers. Yeah, you. You can't have a unique stinking it up at 60s every single week because you're out of the picture. No, it, okay? exactly right. If you've got a guy, a premium, 50% ownership and better score in your 60s, then everyone helps those 60s. Yeah. So it takes the risk factor out of it, but not a pod, mate, not with a Seb Ross who's in less than 10% of teams.
1: All right, there you go, Clint. Hopefully that helps you. Uh, feel free to reach out, mate, as a patron. We'll do our best to help you identify the next option for you to bring in. Tony wants to know, uh, this is a super coach question, Ritz. Last couple of ones before we wrap up the episode. Uh, he's wanting to take Grundy to Crips, and he'd love to hear your thoughts on yes, who... That's vice-captain to captain. Correct. Correct. Um, Is that the right move this week Given the fixture
0: Yeah I think it is Although uh, Who's Carlton got Carlton's got Gold Coast Carlton
1: on Sunday afternoon Yeah
0: Yeah so I'm just trying to think Tuke Miller's not really suited To Crips Crips Yeah so I mean I I think that's a nice Friendly draw But I mean Gold Coast have been a lot better Than what we anticipated They're not the fantasy
1: easy beats Now are they
0: no, nah, but they're still giving up points. They are. So um so I don't think they're particularly locking down on players. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. I think Jack Bowes is trying to lock down a little bit around the contest. Yes, he did. Yeah. But not doing much else, like around the ground. So I don't see why yet. Yeah, that that looks good to me. That looks friendly.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're on the right page there, Tony. Nice work from you. John Coombs wants to know. He's looking for a good replacement for Dusty Martin in Supercoach. He's around about 520000 He has had a bit of a drop-off. Uh, just the one week a suspension for him, which is great news for Dusty and for Tiger fans. But as we talked about last week, probably is time to look to move him on anyway it feels like the real simple move is to go to a Liberatore at 379600 But if John or others do have Dusty and own Liber, is there some other guys that we could be identifying around that price range? Again, there's options in all lines, but are there some guys we should be considering through there at a similar price point?
0: Uh, look, I'd be looking at um, guys like Brad Crouch. Yep. Um, who have started the year well, Taranto started the year well. Um, there's a little couple of question marks I've got on Timmy Taranto at the moment, but we'll worry about that next week or yep. the week after. Um, I, I would actually, like, I'd get a little bit creative and try and bring in a defender or um, forward at around the same price tag because I think, it represents a lot of value around there at the moment.
1: So, someone like a Travis Boak is basically an almost identical sideways trade. There's no cash really change in there, that sort of thing.
0: Well, yeah. Otherwise, um,
1: go why down not? a bit more.
0: A guy like Nick Newman. Yeah. Wayne Milera, we talked about earlier. Yeah. Like Zach um, Jones,
1: if you're going to go really crazy.
0: Well, Zach Jones has happened. He's got a very friendly role and. Um, he was like a couple of years ago. Remember when he started as a 300,000 defender or yeah. something? And there was actually quite a bit of interest in him and ownership on him, and he actually went well like for that year. Yeah, it's true. Yes, he faded at times and stuff, but he ended up going okay. So it looks very similar to that, doesn't it, like this year? So, yeah, I, I would actually try and get a little bit creative. Billings. With it and, you know, yeah, Billings or uh, Nick Newman or... Uh, Malera or, you know, just someone like that. Um, if you think Tom Lynch from Richmond's going to, you around. know, get yeah. better. You know, like there's a lot of options around. If you really, really, really get funky, you could go to a Rosie as well.
1: Yeah, true. And fix up something you else if you need those
0: it. coins, you know, and then go keep those coins free on you. Yeah. Ride that 120 out of his two rounds and then actually put those coins on top of him and you probably get... The highest paid forward. forward or defender, yeah. Too. No, it's
1: true. I like that. Uh, Nathan Ayers wants to know which is more important to get, uh, this week in AFL fantasy is it to get Lockie Whitfield or is it to get Brody Grundy? I, I know different points of pricing, break evens, things like that, but just on a pure matchup this week, who would be the better one uh, to go and target?
0: Does he mention who he's replacing them with? I know he doesn't. So if you're going and this is my dilemma this week as well, like I'm trying to be preemptive and working out whether Witt to Grundy is the right move or not this week or whether I persist with it, you know, moving forward. Um, So if you're going from a Witt or an Ankerbus to a Grundy, it's a really good match-up this week, and Grundy does have a good month of football ahead of him Mm. in regards to ruck draw. Um, Whitfield's a little bit of an unknown. Is he going to get tagged? Isn't he? So, I mean, it all depends on who you actually think's got the better scoring potential gap-wise to the guy that you're upgrading. Okay? So, if you're upgrading a guy averaging 90 to get Whitfield in and you think it's going to cost you 20 points a game, you'd need at least that for Grundy to be a better option. Yeah.
1: And then uh, your last question, mate, from our Patreons. Martin wants to know uh, what's still the priority in AFL fantasy this week. Is it fix up premiums that aren't scoring well, or nailing the cash cows and getting that break-even game right?
0: Well, I think it's. I still think you can do both. Yeah, I don't think uh, two trades a week allows you to do both. But again, people are focusing on the wrong premiums like lesson learned last week guys like in girls like how many people traded out Heaney? yeah there was a friendly matchup like dunkley didn't go exactly over the top with nuts but he's still got 85 yeah you know it's not a 40 or a 50 is it like so i mean he came out with 120 across the formats yeah and you know how many people went Heaney to Kelly? Who was it? Warple. Who was the um, Warpole? You know that's a seventy-point drop off. Yeah. In one week, that's we're talking massive amounts. When five hundred points covers three thousand teams. Yeah. And you're giving up seventy points in one trade and
1: a trade, and a trade. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I just we just need to just calm down, relax. Focusing on guys that haven't been terrible, and this was my point last week with Handley. You know, mm. like he looks a hundred percent better this week. Came out and scored ninety six in
1: Supercoach. Super yeah,
0: this guy is more than capable of going eighty plus, ninety plus in Supercoach. MJ.
1: Oh, at under three hundred thousand where he started. Um, especially yeah, what we're seeing now, he, he's looking real value.
0: Yeah, people are jumping off him after two weeks. After averaging sixty and he's three hundred thousand.
1: He's like, got another good matchup this week.
0: We've got to manage our expectations, you know what I mean? Yeah. We need to go, okay, guys may have a bad couple of rounds, but they're not going at twenty one week, thirty the next. Like we're talking sixties across. Heaney's going at seventies okay last week across the format. Dunkley's averaging 85 in Supercoach right now. (laughs) And we're talking about people are talking about trading Dunkley in Supercoach. Yeah. Averaging 85 and not playing well. Yeah. What's he going to average when he plays well? Correct. So manage your expectations and stop harping on the same guy. This is for everyone. Like, we highlighted this last week. You don't have to just talk about Rockliffe or Sheed. There's five other guys in that talk conversation, you know? like Let's stop focusing on that one forward that isn't scoring 10 points better to meet your expectations. Because at the end of the day, over three rounds, it's 30 points. And then as soon as you act on it, you're going to lose, like, the people lost 70 points in one week. That's a lot of points to make up.
1: Yeah, and just compounds the issue even further for you. I totally agree. Uh, for the reference, uh, if you were thinking about making some trades this week, don't forget there's the Thursday night matchup, the Swans versus Melbourne for AFL Fantasy coaches. You'll get the opportunity that Dream Team and Super Coaches get every week to try and have a second bite at the cherry with your vice-captaincy loophole. Uh, I'd expect Rids the real popular guys people will look at, will be Lloyd from Sydney. Brayshaw, Oliver, and Gorn from Melbourne. They're, they're probably the four most popular guys people would be looking at as vice-captaincy options. Are there any others? Uh, no, I think they're the four. Yeah, no, fair oh, enough.
0: Look, I, I don't know about Gorn. Sinclair's been very good, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, it's true. Maybe a Supercoach one, but I think if uh, you've got Grundy, that might be a better move in Supercoach. Yeah, so
0: with Supercoach, AFL Fantasy, though, would you think
1: Brayshaw might be the guy yeah Brayshaw is, is certainly one I'd be going and Lloyd would then probably be the other one if you don't have uh, Gus uh, Friday night Collingwood take on the Bulldogs Cats, Giants uh, DeBoer heading to Dangerfield would be uh, what both of us seem to believe will happen, uh, you've got Brisbane versus Melbourne, at the G Port take on the Tigers, Kangaroos versus Crows, uh, the WA teams do battle at Optus Stadium it is the Eagles taking on the Dockers, that's going to get nasty isn't it, uh, the Suns take on the Blues and then to wrap it all up it is the Hawks at Marvel Stadium against St Kilda that is how the round is going to play out and so whether you're making trades this week early on know where the players are make sure you don't get yourself stuck like others may have done last week with uh, certain players needing to be on or off field to take the absolute benefit of your vice captaincy loopholes and knowing where things are absolutely about that Hey man, appreciate your work on this episode
3: yeah,
0: too so easy, and just just a quick one. Remember, it's a game, people. Try different things, have, have fun. fun, enjoy. If you if a, a trade doesn't come off one week, so be it. Move on to the next one. You know, life goes. But on. Try and have fun. Yeah, it's but the- try not to harp on it
1: there you go life's about moving forward isn't I? I totally agree with that mate appreciate your work uh don't forget uh landing late wednesday night uh when i mean late i mean probably closer to about seven o'clock at coachespanel.tv we will be revealing exclusively the ultimate footy new positions that will be added into the system after round three it then happens after round six 9, 12, and 15 in ultimate footy. You'll be able to go and check out who's been given a new position, who's missed out, And who is on the radar of Ultimate Footy? We will reveal that for you exclusively Wednesday night. So if you're listening to it now, quickly jump over. Uh, It may be there if you're listening to this Wednesday night. There'll be an accompanying podcast. Jimmy and I will talk you through all the players that have gained a position and their fantasy football relevance for draft coaches in Ultimate Footy. You can go and check that out Wednesday night. It will be very interesting to see which players do get it and don't. Historically, Ritz. Ultimate footy have been a bit more conservative at Round 3. They've kind of waited to Round 6. Fingers crossed they drop a couple of big names early on, hey?
0: Well, I think it's important just to give um, give guys a little bit more relevance, you know, like guys that aren't upper premiums in midfields and stuff like that, making sure that we can actually get a nice spread across all the ground.
1: Well, let's hope they get it at coachespanel.tv. We've got an article of players we think may get it or certainly be in contention but tomorrow night Wednesday night uh, we will be revealing exclusively the new positions both at an article and a podcast that you can go and check out appreciate all of you and your support massive shout out to all our Patreons uh, for helping the coaches panel week in and week out we so appreciate you thanks for listening to this episode via iTunes and SoundCloud if you're loving the podcast make sure you subscribe tell your friends about the coaches panel and leave a five star rating and review we hope we Round four of fantasy footy is your best week ever. That your premiums fly, that you nail your captains, and the rookie roulette goes your way in round four.